Welcome to Becoming Soul, it's Entertainment Talks podcast for Better Call Soul on AMC and Netflix. I'm your host Matthew, joining me today, my co-host is David. How's it going? I'm very well, thanks. Good, good. Uh, so we're back, we did obviously a season preview podcast last week, which if you want our predictions for the overall season and whatnot, uh, you can still go back and listen to that. Um, but we're back with a double episode um which is season six, episodes one and two. They are called Wine and Roses and uh, Carrot and Stick are those episodes. But basically we've got six weeks and then a break and then another six weeks, as we discussed before. Um, but David, uh, Better Call Saul's back. Two episodes, good chunk of content. Um, what do you think of it? Um, brilliant, again. I mean, as it always is. But uh, yeah, I, I really, really like these opening two episodes. Um, just... Uh, you know moves things forward uh you're you're sort of slowly creeping towards the the end and you know again we don't know exactly where this is going to end we don't know whether it's going to end dovetailing like neatly in some way into breaking bad or um how you know what point they're going to sort of connect because they clearly have to connect in some way somewhere um we do know that there are a few more characters showing up. I can't believe we talked about that in the preview podcast. I don't spoil anything for anybody that hasn't uh, hasn't been reading. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, so uh, we we do know that there is there are going to be a bit more connection um, later on. But um, yeah, the opening two episodes, interesting callback in one of the episodes of some characters from season one as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I was like, who are these people? Uh, I vaguely remember this. <laughs> sort of went and looked it up online afterwards, you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, pretty much a straight continuation from where we left things. Um, I, I did go watch a little recap video just to remind me of, of where everything is. I did, it was one that came up on YouTube it was about five minutes long, which was quite useful. Um, so, yeah, you know, you've got the going after Howard and trying to, because they're trying to get the money for the Sandpiper case, so you've got that storyline going on. There's a lot more stuff about, like, the drug dealing side as sort of two separate storylines. We're back to doing that again, so you've got the kind of Kim and Jimmy stuff, and then you've got the the drug storyline. Um, Giancarlo Esposito being amazing again. Oh, yeah. This. Oh, yeah. Um, some really the brilliant bits in this where you can tell that he's rattled and he plays that so beautifully um you know because he's so deliberate in his actions and there is a point in um one of these two episodes where you he he's very rattled about something and he drops a glass and or knocks a glass off the table and there's there's a, a bit where he's got his hands kind of together and you can see his fingers flinch slightly it's such a minute detail but it's it's so beautifully played from the sort of you know measured version of gus that we know mm. to this uh, just wonderful bit of acting from Giancarlo. so um yeah that i all really liked you've got mike sort of standing up a bit more which is is interesting as well um and, and some of the the 
the plotting for this episode or, or for these two episodes, the clever way in which they've manipulated the situation, um, particularly with these uh, two people from the season one, the way that they come up with something for that. And I, it, it's, it's just so well written. Mm-hmm. Really, really solid. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. I thought these episodes were were incredible. Um, it's it was kind of funny in a way because I watched these two episodes obviously on the Tuesday, and then the next day I had a bit of time, and I thought, oh, I'll get, I'll try and get caught up on the Flash, and I started watching the Flash, <laughs> and I was like, what the hell are you doing? Like, yeah. you know, as, as compared to. Something like Better Call Saul and Oz. We're gonna me, me and Robert are gonna have a podcast on Sunday for the Flash. But I just yeah, it's because usually I mean obviously I watch these in a different on separate days. But sometimes if I'm planning on watching a few episodes of TV, I try to organize them in like okay, which one am I least looking forward to? Which one am I most looking forward to? And you watch the worst stuff first so that you don't go from a really great episode TV to sort of oh what's this. As opposed to the other way around, which is like, oh, that was all right, that was better, and that was really good. It's a better experience. But I watched them two di- on two different days, so um, yeah. yeah, that was that was just really interesting. Just just differences in writing and that sort of stuff. But uh, yeah, as you said, Giancarlo Esposito, he's just he's so good to watch on screen, and mm-hmm. you just yeah, it for for, for this um, now that we've kind of come to it, and obviously we're covering two final. AMC seasons, which is The Walking Dead, and 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 this as well. Um, you sort of look at this, and I'm like, you know, I'm looking at all these quality characters like Mike and, um, you know, Gus and uh, Kim and Jimmy, and all all these great characters. And yeah, we still got our you know Breaking Bad rewatch podcast to do when whenever we decide to go back to that. Uh, so we will see them again, but um, obviously in in different you know scenes and stuff, but um. Yeah, it, it was just great to go back to these characters, and uh, just the, the the little details of the show and everything, the way it's written, the tension points as well, and it was an interesting contrast between the uh, Kim and Jimmy stuff and then the 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 cartel storyline, and you got different like types of tension, you got two different types of story, but that's good because it gives you something a bit different from each scene. You know, you got the much more serious stuff of like. Is Nacho gonna survive this? And then this like scheming stuff with uh, Kim and Jimmy mm-hmm. and everything. Obviously, we got the the cold open to talk about as well, which was its usual kind of mysterious self. Um, but no, it's it's just so good, and uh, I'm really looking forward to the rest of this uh, season. And just to to touch upon touch upon a point that I um mentioned in the preview, and I said like because c- certain shows when they've been off for like let's say over a year or something. You might need to sort of settle back into what's going on, settle back into the characters, get caught up a bit. I didn't need any time to to settle back into this. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was just straight back in, and maybe it was because you know it's a certain shows you go back to and you remember the ending, and I remembered the ending of the season, and we kind of just went straight back into it. Um, whereas with certain shows, you might get a bit of a time skip, or you might start on like a different scene, um, and it can be a bit different to settle in. But no, I was just straight back in with it really so um how was how was that for you kind of going back to, um, to the show yeah i i i'd 
was about to start watching it and then thought, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna just watch a little recap video just to to remind myself of exactly what happened because it has been a uh-huh. while and I'm I'm old and my brain goes so. Uh, <laughs> Um, so yeah, I, I I did watch a little recap video just to remind me of sort of all the key points, and there are some great little like there's I can't remember what this channel's called, but there is a, a channel which does some great little like five minute recaps of previous seasons mm-hmm. um, on YouTube. If you just sort of Google recap for whatever the show is, that's one of the ones that comes up, and he's really good at doing that. So uh, I went and sort of checked that out just just to remind myself. But in terms of yeah, you know, once I'd, I'd just given my brain a little nudge of to exactly what happened, I, yeah, I, I just completely straight back into this. It was, you know, not, not, didn't feel like it had been off for so long. And you pick up pretty much where you left off. And yeah, just, just really, really good. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Anyway, we've got a double uh, episode recap to get into, so we should do that. Um, that is this time being provided by somebody called Dave uh, Nemeth. Um, not Nemeth, not not my name. It's N- <laughs> it's spelled very simply. N e m e t z. My name is N e m e t h. So uh, quite similar, but uh, been provided by uh, that person. Same website, TV Line. They have quite a lot of recaps because I, as I was scrolling yes. through, they had a Fear Seven um, B premiere recap. So um, yeah, if I guess if you want TV recaps for stuff, um, TV Line seems like a pretty good website for that sort of thing. So, yeah. yeah. Um, all right, let's get into that. Because um, as, as I wrote here, it was previously uh, Charlie Mason for The Walking Dead. So yeah. anyway, let's get into some housekeeping and then we can get into said recap. We'll see you in a minute. Hi there, and thanks very much for listening. Today I'm here to tell you about our two different affiliate links, the first of which is our Amazon affiliate link. That's where you can shop on Amazon. We can get a small cut of what you spend, but it won't cost you anything extra. So whether you're getting a gift for somebody else or treating yourself or maybe both depending on the occasion we can get a small cut of what you spend but it won't cost you extra you can find the link to our amazon affiliate link in your show notes the second affiliate link for today is our Kualu affiliate link if you want to get started with a website and a domain name of your choice you can simply sign up with Kualu using the link in the show notes they also have a live chat support system that's in the bottom right hand corner as well so if you need help with getting set up Kualu will be able to help you with that as well the links for both of these can be found in your show notes for Kualu and the Amazon affiliate link If you would like to get the ad-free versions of Entertainment Talks podcast and support us along the way, you can simply sign up over on our Patreon page. You can sign up either as a creator or as a patron. There's no difference there for the time being. And you can get your ad-free podcasts over there. It's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also support Entertainment Talk on Patreon at the $3 level tier. This gets you a chance to request a review from us of your favourite TV show or film. But it's one per month. So one TV show or film review per month. It's up to you which one you want to choose. We will watch a few episodes of the TV show that you choose. Or of course if it's a film we'll just watch that film 
and we will review that for you on that month and then when it gets to the next month you can request a new tv show or a film review of your choice that's three dollar level tier that does also of course include your ad free podcasts for the month as well thank you very much for listening and enjoy the rest of the show Alright, so recently on Entertainment Talk, uh, yesterday I decided to do a podcast called, uh, it's another DC Talk episode, now th- th- these, I know I've been doing a few DC Talk themed kind of episodes, they're not part of a series, it's just a coincidence of me sort of, hey there's a bunch of DC stuff that's happened that I want to talk about, so I just kind of label them as that and then just talk about them. Uh, so you can catch another episode of that, um, but Ezra Miller went and got themselves uh, arrested again this week. Uh, so in case it, in case any of you have read headlines this week about Ezra getting arrested and you think, oh, that's from the old article. No, it happened again uh, this week because it happened, what, a month or so ago? It happened around about the Oscars, didn't yeah. it? I think. Yes, so, yeah. Yeah, so it's happened again and obviously the conversation is to what does Warner Brothers do about the situation? They have a big film that's already shot and how do they get around the fact that Ezra is probably going to, well, it's the main star, and he's going to be on the posters, trailers, etc. So what do they do about that? They've got a new person in charge, though. I think it's David Zasloff that they've got now in charge, the CEO, because of the Discovery merger. So talked about all of that. Uh, so that was that, if you want to go listen to that one. Uh, over on the United cast, we lost 4-0 to Liverpool, which didn't surprise anybody. Um, just the worst kind of performance, but it wasn't even specifically bad. The players at a lot of points in the game just, they just walked around the pitch for some reason. It was just, there was no sort of trying. It was a bit, bit of an actual strange game to watch. Uh, anyway, in the in positive news for uh, Man United, we did this morning, or say we, uh, Man United confirmed this morning um, that Eric Ten Hag is now officially confirmed as the next Manchester United manager. That's not because Ralph is getting sacked, Ralph, who's the current manager, Ralph Ragnick, he was always he was always going to be the um, temporary manager, uh, replacing Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Uh, but Ralph Ragnick is actually going to keep working at Man United. He's going to be a consultant next season, uh, which was actually supposed to be what his job was in the first place. So I don't know, but uh, that's what's going on with that. I'll do once we've done this Better Call Saul episode. I will talk about the appointment of uh, Eric Ten Hag and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but the next game we've got is against Arsenal. Uh, which is on Saturday, so hopefully that goes better than what the Liverpool one does. It can't, it, it couldn't have got much worse. So, uh, but uh, that's all that stuff. Uh, over on the uh, positive, other things that happened because um, I did do something good on Tuesday night. Uh, that was uh, talking to Nikki Rapp. If you remember Nikki Rapp, all the way from back in 2019, I met her at Walker StalkerCon, which is no longer a thing. But uh, I met her there, and uh, she's the voice of two characters called Lily. One's from Telltale's The Walking Dead, and one's from the recently released Psychonauts from uh, Tim Schafer over at Double Fine. Uh, so I talked to her. It was really, really nice to have a conversation with her. Um, it was really, really good to do that. We talked about uh, Psychonauts 2. Uh, I did my sort of mini-review kind of thing on the episode. We talked about The Walking Dead. I kind of told her about what's going on with all the shows, because... Uh, uh, she she dropped out of, of of both of them and stuff, but uh, we talked about that and uh, mentioned all the spin-offs and stuff, and just uh, just had a really great conversation. So that was really really nice to do that. That's just called Nikki Rap Returns. So you got that going on. A uh, bit of a long overdue review. I finally got round to reviewing American Horror Story season ten, which did end a few months ago, but we don't have a trailer or anything for the next season yet. So it's not like the next season is coming, you know, next week or something. So um, did that. That was for the part because it's a. It's called uh, Double uh, Featurette or whatever it was called. Um, I've only reviewed the first part, which is called Red Tide, which is its own separate story anyway, um, as are all the uh, anthology seasons. So that's a part one Red Tide review. That's over on the AHS cast for season 10. 
Um, I did a uh, very, very long podcast this week called How Video Games Can Evolve, going through uh, different features, animations, interactions, giving loads of different examples from different games where things have really done something special, and how video games in the future could use those examples and similar ones, obviously from their own ideas, um, and talked about, you know, what you could do with different environments in games. There's lots of different sort of features and things like that that uh, hopefully games can use in the future. Um, obviously not things like microtransactions, we don't want those anymore, but uh, talking about all the good stuff that you could do with games and how games could potentially evolve. I just think it's a, it's an interesting time for games at the moment. We're into the next generation with PS5 and Series X. Obviously you've got high-end PC gaming out there, so it, it's a chance for games at the moment to take advantage of having new hardware um, and doing something interesting with it. So, got that one. Um, over on other good stuff for the United Cast, we did beat Norwich by three goals to two. It was a very, very close game, but Ronaldo got his 60th career hat-trick. So, obviously, hat-tricks when you get three goals. He's 37 years old, and he's got three goals in a game 60 times in his career, which is astonishing. Um, I think that, that must be the, the highest record. I don't think anybody else has done that before. But uh, that was a good win. Uh, over on the film review side of things, I went and saw Sonic 2, and I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, of course, if you're looking if you're looking for something to do over the uh, uh, half-term weekend or holiday, um, you know, Easter weekend uh, holiday thing that we've got at the moment, um, I recommend going to see Sonic 2, because it sounds like you shouldn't bother with Morbius. But uh, as for Sonic 2, I gave it a must-see rating, and I really, really enjoyed that. So there's that one. Uh, over in the other DC Talk episode, I talked about the Warner uh, Brothers um, uh, Discovery merger thing, talked about Batman, and talked a bit about The Flash as well. And uh, just uh, going back to last week's episode, we did wrap up for the B side of The Walking Dead Season 11, which was the B um, side second part, which was episode 16, so you can listen to our episode for that. Alright, there's a bunch of stuff that's been happening over on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms. Let's get into this recap. <clears throat> So, Monday's two-part premiere began with the usual flash-forward, except this one isn't black and white and set in Omaha. Instead, we see a lavish mansion being cleared out by repo men, and women as well, uh, and when we spot the cardboard cutout and the tequila bottle stopper, we can guess this is Soul's place, after his uh, Breaking Bad disappearance. Now, the episode doesn't specify that last mm. little point, but it's a good guess to put for what's kind of going on. Um, yeah, there's a cardboard cutout of uh, of Soul here, obviously doing his Better Call Soul thing, and this place is being cleared out. Uh, there's not much else that's going on, but bit of a bit of a hint as to um, you know what's happening in the future and stuff. Obviously, that was because that was supposed to because <clears throat> what is it? It becomes Soul, then we have all of Breaking Bad, then that ends at some point. He becomes Gene, doesn't he? Yeah. And then, because he does the disappearer thing, which is, I'm guessing is where this is taking place. And then he goes on this gene thing, which we've seen, what, like, parts of in, in Better Castle, because we've seen the, is it called Cinnabon place? Yes. Um, that he's that been working at. Uh, and that's obviously where we've had some of the uh, black and white flash forwards, which Breaking Bad did a very, very good job with, like, with its um, ominous sort of uh, mysterious flash forwards, if we all remember the, the good old teddy bear stuff, which... You know, at, at the time when we were being shown, that was like, why are we being shown a teddy bear in Breaking Bad? Then you get to the end of season two and you go, oh, okay, that's why we're being shown it. But um, they're very, very good at doing these sorts of things. Um, the interesting part with these, when you saw these in Breaking Bad, and it was sort of like, 
we're going to show you this random out of context thing that makes no at the time makes no sense as to what's going on in the episode but we'll tell you eventually what it's about um and then the show would lead up to that whether it would be sometimes it would be in the same episode wouldn't it and sometimes it would be like later episodes or the end of the season and breaking bad was really really good at doing that obviously from the same people but better call souls sort of done it in a way of um well i suppose it does hint towards the future with 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 the gene stuff but it doesn't quite do it in the same like we're gonna show you this like car that's bouncing up and down or this teddy bear yeah. it, 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 it'll be more sort of like here's a scene where gene's in a taxi with someone and this guy maybe recognizes him but why and who is he where's jimmy going in the taxi so it would show you it in different ways um this is a little bit of a different one though because this is like just as gene i guess is starting um but still this is interesting to see um and we'll see if it adds up to um much uh sort of later on obviously when we get back to the gene storylines uh but what do you make of this uh mysterious cold open well see i did wonder whether this was maybe another slight misdirection because the soul that we meet when we meet him in breaking bad doesn't seem to be quite as opulent opulent uh in terms of you know the, i mean that that was it seemed like they were clearing out a sort of office Mm-hmm. Uh, as uh, not just a house and we know that the office that he has in breaking bad is more he's basically in a strip mall it's not like um some big office building so um it, well, i i did wonder whether there's maybe a point where he gets everything you know he gets a bunch of money gets everything repossessed before then and then the version that we see in breaking bad is sort of him you know restarting as sort of you know with these new offices in a strip mall so i i i'm wondering whether this is a slight misdirect and it isn't after he disappears as gene but this is maybe somewhere slightly further forward than that and it and it's it's some other you know he he so he basically makes a bunch of money but something goes wrong and he gets it all taken off him and then he restarts again in the the strip mall office but i Mm. i could be wrong about that yeah, it's it overly kind of opulent for the version that we know when we see him in Breaking Bad. So I, I don't know. Um, it's it sort of it, it. There is a, an intrigue there because there was a lot of seemingly kind of gaudy and expensive stuff, and, mm. and it did look to me like it was an office that they were clearing out, not just a house. So I don't know. Um, mm. Yeah, we'll, we'll, I mean, it's one of those things that we'll see when we kind of get further into it. If it is what we what we think it is, and it's uh, and it's after he disappears and becomes Gene, or whether it is something else slightly further, slightly earlier than that, possibly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Um, do you think we'll find that out by mid-season or like next couple of episodes? Um. I don't know. It could be could be something that if well, it, I, I suspect if it's relating to the gene stuff, you might not get work, find that out until like right at the very end. If it isn't, and it is what I was possibly saying about something else, like he sets up a big office and it all goes horribly wrong, then I think we're more likely to get that by the mid-season finale. Mm. Yeah, we'll see. Um, but yeah, because they like. Because I'm wondering, because we'll probably get some more Gene sort of teasers and stuff, but 
I'm wondering if at one point they'll finish Soul's story, tell us what happens with Kim and Nacho, and then go into, like, because maybe the last few episodes of the series is just Gene focused. I, I would, I, I would guess because that, that's, because <clears throat> the Soul stuff isn't really the unknown territory apart from where Kim ends up in all of it. Because we know he ends up obviously, you know, in, in Breaking Bad and stuff. Um, but we don't. But the mystery part is we don't know what happens with Gene. Because. Um, that's where you could get into like does does Gene live, does Gene die, does he end up in prison, you know, what mm. kinda happens there, so I guess we'll see. Uh anyway, back in the present timeline, uh but it's very good call we open. Uh back in the present timeline, Nacho is hiding out after the attempt on Lalo's life. He doesn't know it was botched. Uh a seething Lalo is laying low in the Mexican countryside and the cousins take stock of all the dead bodies at Lalo's compound. Um, Gus plays it cool when he hears from, uh, Juan Bolsa, I think is how you say that name. Yes. Um, there's a main United player who's called Juan Matter and his first name is spelt like that, so that's why yeah. I said it that way. Uh, but Juan, uh, Bolsa, that Lalo is dead. Uh, but he's a little, um, concerned that all the mercenaries they sent to do the job are now dead. He doesn't seem too eager to help rescue Nacho either, despite Mike's pro- uh, protests, which is when we get into the, uh, glass scene later on and stuff so mm-hmm. some interesting conflicts there um i tell you what what watching nacho at any point in this episode whether it was him in the little hotel room whether it was him in this desert trying to hide out or him trying to not have his um you know the, the phone call with the vibrating thing um yeah. alert somebody just thrilling the entire way through the episode because again you've got it the show's so good at putting and so is breaking bad so good at putting these things together where you've you've kind of got i mean arguably yeah you've got two storylines right because you've got kim and jimmy then you've got cartel stuff with gus yeah but you've sort of got two sections of the cartel thing which is um gus mike and the other guy that's there and then you've got nacho hiding out you know trying not to get Mm. caught and stuff and i found that really really thrilling to to watch um but yeah this starts a bit of tension between gus and mike um, obviously we'd know neither of them are going to die, which we wouldn't expect anyway, but it's just interesting kind of tension and things like that. Um, but what did you make of uh, the Nacho scenes and the, the Gus scenes here? Yeah, um, I, the the Nacho scenes, I, it is good with Nacho because as you said before, he's one of the few characters that we don't know where they end up. So mm-hmm. they could kill him off at any moment. And I mean, he you didn't necessarily expect him to get killed off right at the beginning, but it would be quite a shocking thing to do as well. So, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, um, yeah, it, it's, uh, it's, it's a really interesting one with Nacho. They were very tense, those scenes. And you're also getting to see Gus at his sort of most ruthless and Mike pushing back on that, which is, um, uh, it creates an interesting dynamic because we know that, those two when we meet them in breaking bad are are still kind of working together at all points and and so yeah it's interesting to see mike stand up to him and as you get the you know later the scenes later on of of gus being very rattled yeah it's a very interesting dynamic that you're seeing develop and mike feeling that he's safe enough to be able to push back like that as well Mm. it's cool yeah it's really good um but yeah i've yeah these nacho scenes were really really great to watch so uh i liked the the initial build-up of that 
Um, and there's a few... Actually, I'll talk about them when we get to them. Uh, next thing is uh, Jimmy and Kim, meanwhile, are a legal dynamic duo uh, with her happily taking on pro bono cases and assuring prosecutors that Lalo hasn't um, uh, jumped bail. Um, that's supposed to be where it says about uh, Jimmy doing that because he has a conversation with yes. these people. Uh, he slips up a little, though, and calls uh, him Lalo instead of his fake name, George uh, de Guzman. Um the two of them are still hatching a plan to take down Howard and get the Sandpiper case settled. Two, uh, Kim thinks there's a way to pull it off without ruining Howard's reputation, but it has to be uh, paced right and it has to make sense. Their first ploy, sneaking into Howard's country club, Jimmy distracts them by causing a big stink about the club's lack of diversity. It's wall-to-wall mayonnaise in here and planting a, a tiny um, bag of uh, white powder. <laughs> in Howard's locker, right where Clifford Maine can see it. Uh, so a couple of different kind of scenes here. Um, yeah, you've got a classic, like, slipping Jimmy thing, or slipping soul, I guess, if we're calling him that. Um, <laughs> because uh, I, I like the way that Bob Odenkirk plays this as well, and obviously he's a fantastic actor, um, of when he says Lalo instead of um, George de, de, de Guzman or whatever. Um, and you sort of see this, like, he, you know, didn't he did that by accident kind of thing and that they're sort of um they're like wait a minute what's going on but he sort of like makes something up and says he has to go so uh yeah i i thought that was pretty well played by um <clears throat> by bob odenkirk um any any thoughts on the, the the lalo name slip up thing that was quite cool um yeah i mean i he, you could see almost the look in his face of him going damn it i didn't mean to say that I, yeah. I, but it, it's so sort of subtle uh, and quickly manages to cover it uh as sort of like oh i've got so many different clients uh, and, and but you could tell when he walks away afterwards that he's he's annoyed at himself for the fact that he did it, it it's really nicely and subtly played that mm-hmm. yeah it's pretty good um what do you think of uh, the country club scenes? The country, yeah. I loved this. Yeah. This is, I mean, particularly as he sort of, you know, he's walking in the club, he gets recognised. Clearly, they've, they've, he, you know, they've said that guy's not who he says he is, or yeah, that guy's trouble. And the just the fact that he makes, he, he quickly thinks up this thing about like oh, it's my last name, uh, implying that he's Jewish, which, of course, he isn't, and making this a big thing about anti-Semitism uh, and, and then gets sort of... Um, uses that it, just very, very well to, to uh, manipulate the situation and make a big sort of fuss rather than trying to sort of sneak away quietly and not get yourself noticed. Because I think the instinct for a lot of people would be, oh, I'll be caught, I'll just leave. Uh, and mm. Jimmy's instinct is go big <laughs> and and really kind of, uh, you know, make a scene about it. Um, it. It's it's a wonderful, very much a sort of Sol Goodman thing, and he does it so, so well. Um, and, you know, the idea of, like, planting the baggy in, 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 in the locker and, and then when they come back and he just strips off and kind of covers his head with a towel and stuff. Um, yeah, I really, really like this. I, I thought, thought it was it's this sort of hijinks kind of stuff that we've come to know Sol for and mm-hmm. does it really, really well. <clears throat> just a, this isn't a nitpick or a complaint. It's just a fun kind of question. Did he need to be butt naked? Well, I, I think <laughs> the, 
it's quite it's clever because of the fact that I think had he been wearing any form of clothes, there is a possibility that there would have been that that Howard would have been more likely to engage in a conversation had he like you know had he to top up but maybe been wearing trousers or something. There may have been a conversation there. Right. So that I, I think it's the, it's a you know because you're less likely if the guy's completely naked, you're less likely to spe- to like stare or look because that would seem weird. So it's actually very clever. Okay. okay. Because you, by by being completely, it's it's a really clever bit of uh, of writing. It's, it's and, throwing him uh, off a bit. You mean thought process. Yeah, because it's 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 one of those things that if you're having a conversation at, at a gym and somebody is completely naked, you're less likely to stare directly at them for a long length of time, right. because you just don't do that. Um, uh-huh. So I I thought it was actually really really clever. Okay, I didn't I didn't quite pick up on that. So no yeah. no well I mean you wouldn't necessarily but yeah <clears throat> it it struck me as just something that that if you actually think about it, it does make quite a lot of logical sense. Mm. It's, it's funny because it like, <clears throat> they're coming back and you hear him like, uh, undo his trouser belt and I'm like, okay, what's he, what's he doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think so, yeah. Uh, but no, that was pretty fun. Um, I did have a bit of a question about how old um, Jimmy's uh, phone was, but yeah, never mind. Because uh, it, it seemingly got quite, maybe it's like a burner or something. Who who, who knows what, what's going on there? But um, Lalo uh, next uh, Lalo lines up a ride across the border with some smugglers. But first, he calls his um, uncle Hector, telling him it was the Chicken Man. Um, kind of reminded me of uh, <laughs> of Toy Story when they're watching <laughs> the uh, oh, what's it bloody called? Um, the 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 toy shop. Uh, in Toy Story, I should remember the name of that. In, in Toy Story Two, after Woody gets uh, kidnapped, um, and I think it's Rex, he goes, "It's the chicken." <laughs> yeah. Uh, in uh, good old Toy Story, um, I should remember what the name of the shop is, but I can't for the life of me right now. Um, but uh, telling him it was a chicken man who tried to kill him, and uh, vowing to come uh, north to hurt him like you taught me. Hector dings his bell to spell out the word. Uh, Prouba or proof obviously that's uh, you know, a different language and Lalo realises where he can get some uh, he tells the smugglers he changed his mind and wants his money back they say no which is a mistake uh, and he kills them in cold blood uh, you hear a couple of gunshots and and that's pretty much that um, Yeah, we're, and then it says yeah we're learning it's bad to say no to, to uh, Lalo Salamanca <laughs> yeah definitely so um, I really like the way that this like communication is done because um, like obviously when you're, because the idea I think is like, um, he taps it once or twice for yes or no, isn't it? I, I remember yes. that idea was shown in, in Breaking Bad. Um, or if he needs like, if he like wants, um, emergency attention or whatever, he he taps it loads of times or dings the bell loads of times. Um, and he's kind of talking to him over the phone, and I was like, how are they gonna do this? And then he literally goes A B C D, you know, all, all through the thing, and and spells a word. Um, I thought that was really a, a very, very clever sort of idea of, of how mm-hmm. they could manage to do that, um, which was, which was really quite cool. Uh, so, um, so yeah, that was, that was, that was a great scene. And then obviously you get the pretty well shot part of, um, uh, him killing those two guys and then getting the people out of that, uh, 
that van, which was shot pretty well. So, um, what do you think of the communication thing? Here? I thought it was really good. Yeah, I mean the communication thing works really, really well. But the um, the interesting thing for me was the the smugglers and the the fact that they don't actually show Lalo taking out the the guys. Mm. You they actually stay in the truck, so they don't have to kind of do some big action sequence to show to show Lalo actually taking out like how he got the gun and how he took. Because I mean, it was clearly he. I don't think Lalo had a gun on him. Um, I, I, you know, when he actually strolled up there, so that because, you know, so it was obviously he took the gun off the other two. So I like the way that they did that, where it's kind of mysterious that you don't know exactly how he did it, just that he did it, and <laughs> and uh, took the, those two smugglers out. And I, I just like the fact that they stayed in the truck and didn't actually show that directly. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought that was really good. Um, yeah, and and um, the communication stuff, I, I think, yeah, we have seen them do that sort of thing before. But, uh, yeah, I thought that worked really well, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good stuff, good stuff. Because um, I don't think we've... I mean, we've seen people communicate, obviously, with Hector before and, you know, the whole bell thing and everything, but not in terms of, like, the whole spelling out a whole word kind of thing. So I thought that was, that was really interesting. Uh... That was actually the end of the first episode. Um, I couldn't remember specifically where it ended, but it says here that the second half, um, the premiere second half begins. So this is the second episode. Uh, begins with Mike um, chasing the uh, druggy girls out of Nacho's apartment. I think, I don't know if they're both Nacho's girlfriend or friends, or I, I can't remember specifically what's going on there, but they were, they were the girls that were living with uh, Nacho at the apartment obviously he's in hiding at the moment um handing them cash to leave town and stay somewhere far away from here so mike's doing the the good thing because certain cartel members would probably just go there and just shoot them or something um mm-hmm. that's probably something that like what lalo would maybe do um is just go there and just hey we don't need these to worry about these two we'll just kind of kill them but uh mike's doing the the good thing here uh then he gets a um safe cracker to open nacho safe uh, taking out the fake Canadian ID IDs Nacho had for him and his father, and replacing it with a new safe in which he plants an envelope. Um, Gus, at this point, still isn't sure Lalo is dead, uh, but he tells Juan Bolsa um, he has an idea to keep the peace. Uh, plus, Jimmy and Kim are the next... Uh, we'll read that bit in a minute. Um, see, it, it, here's where shows like Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad stand out with finer details. Because some shows, you'd go back to that apartment, and the two girls just wouldn't be there. They would have just like disappeared off of screen. Yes. Um, and the show would just be like, "Ah, oh, we just written them out. You just didn't see how." Um, because even though the show doesn't need to do this, it's still a way of like, okay, these two characters were here. You, you could look at them arguably a little bit as more red shirt characters, but they were still characters that were there. And they would have been waiting for Nacho to come back. They would have been, you know, trying to figure out where he's gone. They're obviously a bit, you know, panicked about where he's gone because he's probably been gone for a while. I, I would, I would imagine, probably like I can't remember if they say it specifically, but probably at least like a few days or or something like that. Um, so yeah, you put in a little scene. Um, doesn't take up too much time. Where it's just, it's a very simple kind of thing, of just, you know, hey, you got to take this cash and you've got to go. Um, what, what, what do you think of the of the show? kind of putting in those little little details and not just kind of writing them out off screen. Yeah, 
I, I think there are a number of things that had this been a lesser show, this entire scene could, would have played out slightly differently. Like yeah. the safe cracker turning up. Um, there is, you know, I, I think you could have had a situation where had this been a lazier show, it would have been a safe cracker turns up. He gets somebody to literally crack the safe, the actual safe open places the letter or, you know, even Mike manages to do it himself, place the letter inside and that's it you know um whereas this end ends up being much more of a bigger thing because he has to kind of you know it's more far more realistic that they can't just you know guess the the number or like you know listen to the safe to open it he's actually got to drill the safe open which means that they need to replace the safe because they need it to look like a new safe so mm -hmm. you know like it hasn't been tampered with so uh, there's there's a lot more thought that goes into this as well um also, there is Mike actually, although it doesn't mention it in there, Mike does actually pocket the father's ID rather than take both of them. He doesn't put both of them back in the safe, I don't think. Uh -huh. He only put Nachos back in because he doesn't want the father connected, and you know, which comes into the scene later as well. He's trying to protect the father as much as he possibly can. So he doesn't put the, you know, because he obviously knows what, the, who's going to break into that safe next, so he doesn't want the father's ID anywhere near this. So he takes the father's ID out and pockets that and keeps it and put Nachos back in. Um so yeah, I, the, this was it, again. It's attention to detail and this level of attention to detail that what mm. makes this show so brilliant. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, plus, um, Kimmy and Jim are the next step in their plan: getting Clifford and Maine to take a meeting about a attempting uh, class action uh, lawsuit. They'll need help though from an unlikely ally. You're going to hate this, uh, Kim warns Jimmy. The scheme. Uh, leads Jimmy to reconnect with the Kettlemans, uh, the couple represented, the couple Jimmy represented in season one. This is what you were talking about with these yeah. older characters. I didn't really remember them, but um, they're, they're back now. Uh, I sort of recognised them when we first saw them. I was like, hmm, I kind of recognised the two of you slightly. So uh, he finds them offering tax services from a deep, uh, from a trailer deep in the desert. And uh, Betsy is furious when she sees him, blaming him for the fact that they lost everything. Our kids are in public school. <laughs> Craig is happy to see him, though. And there is a perk up when he tells them their lawyer, Howard Hamlin, was impaired by a cocaine problem. So they could sue to get Craig's conviction overturned. They don't hire Jimmy as, as their lawyer, but they do run to Clifford, Maine. Uh, with their case and though Clifford doesn't take it we can see that his wills are turning when it comes to Howard and his activities on the outside he's uh his bad activities outside of work uh this was quite good I thought yeah um this was a good yeah. kind of like set up for obviously the the longer term scheme of trying to uh you know stitch up Howard I suppose um obviously it started with the country club stuff now it's here um, I don't have loads to say about this necessarily, but um, it it was pretty well done. It's good old kind of. I, I guess they're kind of now doing slipping Kim and slipping Soul yeah, or yeah. Jimmy or whatever we're whatever we're calling him these days. Um, so yeah, I thought these these things were pretty good. Obviously, we'll see a bit more of this later on as well. Uh, but what do you think of this initial setup scene? I I really like this. Again, it's a very clever piece of writing in in the. Yeah, just the, the thought process that they've gone through to, OK, well, we'll bring these characters back. They're quite a good target. 
Um, you know, we haven't seen them since season one, but you know, that's that's who they they end up using. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, they go through sort of in that conversation in the when they're in the kitchen, they sort of talk about okay, well, we we need to to be able to set this up so it's a tempting case for him to take, but not one he definitely will take because we don't want him to do that. We're just trying to sort of basically badmouth Howard. Um, and plant these seeds that there is this cocaine problem but you know we, we're not sort of we don't actually want him to try to actually take this case uh which is what leads them to the kettlewoods and it, it's just the whole thing is incredibly cleverly structured because jimmy goes in knowing that the kettlemans will you know in quotes screw him over again by um, refusing to hire him as, lawyer, as the lawyer, despite getting them to sign paperwork and all that sort of stuff, um, I, I, it's just very, very well constructed. I thought, really, really clever. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. Um, so we've got that. That's going on. Uh, back to because <clears throat> we go back to Nacho, then we'll go back to uh, Kim and Jimmy. So. Um, yeah, Will's returning in office. Uh, Nacho is stuck in a Mexican hotel as Bolsa's men uh, ransack his apartment and open the safe. Finding the envelope Mike planted, uh, it contains a phone number for the motel where Nacho is staying. Uh, Gus meets um, with Hector Salamanca and offers his, his condolences about Lalo. But when he spots a slight smile on Hector's face, he realises the truth. Uh, Lalo Sa- Salamanca lives. Uh, Nacho spies a man watching him from a nearby shed and confronts the guy who admits to being paid to watch him um we should save the rest of this i think for for a minute um yeah great scene between because uh, the rest of it is like the actual action stuff which we can talk about separately i suppose um <clears throat> yeah the the tension here and the the use of camera shots and things like that with with nacho in this hotel is really really incredibly effective um because yeah, you can you can see his frustration when because he kind of gets there, doesn't he? And then I think he's on the phone to Mike, is it? And yeah. then Mike's like, "Now you got to kind of just stay there for, for for two days, and then someone will pick you up." Um, and there's like nothing there for him yeah. to do. And obviously, he gets meals delivered to him, which I thought was uh was interesting. But um, yeah, the use of camera shots through like these little gaps that he's looking at, and he can see this guy kind of walking around and. Uh, the use of like music here and everything um, is that this is the kind of thing I'm talking about because I talked on the uh, on that how games can evolve podcast and I've also talked about on the servant season three review podcast the difference between having a scene that's just pretty for the sake of it of like oh look how good the grass and the sun looks in this scene and an actual use of like what I would call visual storytelling which is where mm-hmm. you've got your li- literally it's quite simple you've got your camera pointed at something you don't always have to have something happening but you're trying to tell your viewer something in terms of try to look out for something in this scene so servant servant does it a bunch of times and it's really really good at it obviously servant's got the thing of like creepy music setting settling in you're, and you're kind of wondering what's you know what's about to happen uh with this it's kind of a different tension thing of like is somebody gonna pop out in a minute or like can you I guess with with this kind of camera shot, it's trying to get you to look at like, okay, try and look for all the the cracks in windows or any doors that are slightly open and see if you can, you know, see anybody kind of watching Nacho. That's exactly what he's doing and the show's trying to get you to do it as well, Mm -hmm. Um, which is really, really good. Which again is different to just sort of, hey, nice sunset with a 
good bit of grass or, or whatever. But uh, so I I love this kind of stuff. Um, arguably, servant taught me kind of how to appreciate this type of storytelling a bit more, which is which is good. But uh, anyway, what did you make of the tension with Nacho in the the camera use here? I think. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you are very right. It, it is incredibly well shot, and, and the shots tend to be quite deliberate with this. Um, the what I I also liked was Nacho's thinking when he gets out and he goes to confront the guy, and mm. you know the guy's kind of just there, like, well, you know, I don't know who hired me. It's a voice on a phone, you know, all that sort of stuff. So Nacho at that point then calls Mike and and says, I I don't feel safe. I'm going to run. I'm going to try it on my own as a way of baiting Mike to then, you know, just in case this is a guy that's Mike's hired um, to, to, to baiting him to call the guy that's watching, you know, to confirm that that's who it is. Because, I mean, it could have been a number of people that, had, you know, it, it may have been Salamanca's people. It may have been, you know, who were just watching to make sure that he was there, that, that you know, so they could come in and jump him. Or it could have been Mike's people. He didn't know. So I, I thought that was quite clever, mm. the way that he sort of, you know, calls Mike and sort of makes this slightly panicky phone call to get Mike to ring the other guy so he can confirm that it is Mike that hired him. Um yeah, yep. no, it's 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 really nicely um, put together again. Again, very well thought through writing. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's helpful when you're making a good TV show. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I suppose you got the other thing here of uh, Gus, Hector, and Lalo stuff going on. Um, well, Lalo isn't quite involved, but it's Gus and Hector. So he goes to actually see him. So different different type of scene, obviously, to Lalo when it when it was over the phone. Um, yeah, it, it's great to see these these two characters together, and obviously you get a great sense of like you know all, all the history that's that's mm-hmm. kind of gone on, and um, it, even as far as I can't remember the actor's name, but the one that plays um, Hector when he's sitting in that chair and he's he's doing those facial expressions, and because um, you know the actor there's got the arguably difficult job of all we can kind of do is maybe move his body slightly, do these facial expressions, and ring his bell. Whereas yeah. obviously all, all the other actors can speak and do all kinds of other stuff, um, so he's done a great job here with uh, again with kind of the the acting here and stuff. But um, yeah, it, it was a great kind of reveal towards towards Gus. I thought that was that was played out really well, um, and I can't wait to see well obviously what what Gus does about all this, which obviously we find out later he starts getting a bit uh, nervous about it. So um, that was really good. What do you make of a uh, um, Gus and Hector's meeting? Yeah, I mean, that's always a sort of, I mean, because we know how that ends up, uh, you know, there's a sort uh-huh. of iconic Breaking Bad scene, but it, that is, is quite um, interesting to, to see, you know, Gus, because when he was in Breaking Bad, always seemed like almost the, the top guy, whereas, you know, and we know that he's got one over on Hector by that point, and so so seeing this sort of early thing where they're on a slightly more level playing field as being sort of both these heads of these sort of drug kingpin heads um yeah that that's kind of interesting and the way gus kind of just spots that slight smile and that gives him the clue that laszlo is still alive Mm. um 
Yeah, because, I mean, all evidence points to Laszlo being dead, because one thing we haven't mentioned is sort of earlier bit, which they they sort of uh, skipped over in the recap, was Laszlo going to find somebody who was essentially a doppelganger of him, getting him to shave his beard and then presumably kill him because they find the body. Uh, you know, the, when the cousins go and check, there is a body that looks, that's horrifically burnt, that looks like Laszlo. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? So there is that bit earlier as well. So I mean that that shows you how. And these are these are people who were wonderfully friendly to Laszlo and were very appreciative of him. And he ends up murdering like one of them to cover his tracks. So that really shows you the type of person that Laszlo is as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the cousins then uh, come screeching um, with 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 their car and stuff, and a gunfight ensues. Uh, when the cousins shooting one of them, um, one of their own who dared to shoot at Nacho before reminding their men alive, um, which they rarely speak, don't they? So that was that was quite interesting. Yeah. Uh, Nacho takes the wheel of an old truck and drives it straight at the cousins who shoot um, out his tires and force him to crash on his way out. He somehow manages to get to a phone and call. Uh, Mike, who's busy uh, refusing Gus's request to bring Nacho's father to him. Uh, Mike hands um, Gus the phone and says uh, he wants to talk to you. Um, yeah, the, the, this scene of like... See, here's, here's what's really interesting, because the cousins don't have the intention to kill Nacho, but they mm-hmm. want to like bring him in. But the fact they're shooting at the uh, what's called the windscreen thing, the, the bit at the front, yeah, and they're shooting at that, and I was like, oh, one of these bullets could like easily go through that or whatever and hit Nacho, which he's kind of doing this very dramatic thing where he's screaming and stuff. Um, that was uh, kind of scary. So mm-hmm. yeah, and then obviously crashes crashes the van. Um, it, really great bit of action scene. Obviously, this show's good at doing everything that tries to whether it's the intricate dialogue or the scheming of kim and jimmy or the action stuff um it's very very good at doing all of it so really really intense action scenes and this i guess is you know what it was building up to throughout the episode right from him being in like you know in the dirt and stuff out in the desert and him trying to hide his vibrating ringtone and to to you know the hiding in the hotel to this um it all just came together so so well um what do you think of these action scenes yeah the scenes were were great. Although I I do agree with you. The 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 thing about you know no you know alive and then shooting at the windscreen did seem slightly odd. I yeah. mean although Nacho to be fair was you know driving a car straight at them as well. So yeah, there's there's that. Uh, and and they did seem to be aiming at the windscreen as well as like just at the tires or they're just sort of not great shots. I don't know. But um yeah. So there there is that. Um, the cousins are kind of interesting characters because they are somewhat very know, mysterious, st- stoic and mysterious, and yes, very weird. Um, and then you've got that that the phone call when you're back in the office and that whole scene with Mike and Gus, and uh, the the phone call with Mike where you're you're only hearing Mike's side of it, but you that that was great because mm. you knew it was Nacho on the other end, but you can't hear any of Nacho's end of the call. Um, and this is also the bit where you can see Gus is incredibly rattled. And as I said earlier, that just the subtle little hand movement and 
him knocking that glass off the table and then sort of he goes down and you see him very deliberately picking up the bits of glass and how he kind of wipes it off into the the bin it's it's just it's so deliberate and i i just love the way he plays that oh yeah you know you this is a man that's you can tell he's rattled but he's desperately trying to keep it together um yeah it's brilliant acting Mm mm-hmm Oh, fantastic, yeah, absolutely brilliant. Um, I believe this is the scene where he knocks off the... Uh, yeah, yeah I, just seen, I said the glass, um, which we don't usually see glass that rattled, like... No, no, I mean, ever, this, really. is, this is the most rattled I think we've ever actually seen him, which... Yeah, even, like, and it's such it a, as well. Yeah, it's such a minor... Um, you, you know, they're such small things. Like I say, just a little hand movement, and you're like, ooh... That's that. That's it's it, you know for anybody else, they'd be screaming and shouting and and you know you'd that for Gus, that's what that is. You know you could if it, this was like a Salamanca, they would be screaming the place down and like banging tables and that sort of stuff. With Gus, you don't get any of that. You get this, and it's actually more scary. You know um, this this kind of. You you could tell that he's really really rattled just by very very subtle movements. It, it's mm-hmm. really good. Yeah, yeah. The the act the acting like always from Giancarlo is just just incredible. It, even outside of you know this universe with things like Moff Gideon and yeah. Um, I mean, I didn't really play Far Cry Six, but I'm sure he's great in that. I mean, he's great in the trailer, so I'm sure he's great in the rest <laughs> of the game. But you know, I don't want to play another Ubisoft open world game where I'm doing that kind of stuff so yeah um but uh but yeah is is really quite incredible it's a shame he's a bit like older now because obviously um but uh hey we've we got to make the most of what we got from him so yeah um but no we never see him usually that rattled and he's such a he's such a particular kind of character in person um you know the way he goes about just doing everything because um, it, it's it's even like, like the way he picks things up, the way he puts things down, the way he opens and closes yeah. doors, the way that he speaks, even the way that like he looks from his, his glasses and stuff, the way that he answers and closes his phone, like a flip phone. Um, it's just all very intricate, and it's just uh, it's it, you could look at it as quite simple, but it's just very interesting and in particular. Um, I don't know that there's really that many characters like that on. Or in me, I was going to say in TV, but in media that act like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, great stuff. Uh, let's move back to some really, really good scenes there. Well, all, all of these scenes are really good. So you know, uh, Jimmy and Kim head back to the Kettlemans, who accuse them of using um, them to malign Howard's reputation. Jimmy offers them cash, but Betsy only wants uh, Craig's good name restored. Uh, Kim cuts them off um, enough carrot. She calls the IRS and speaks to a criminal investigator she's friendly with, um, tipping uh, him off about a couple who's scamming their tax clients. Betsy stops her. She sort of lifts up the phone, puts it down, offering uh, to do anything. So she's like, reached a point of desperation. And Kim offers, uh, sorry, orders her to uh, refund their clients and forget all about Howard. Uh, you think you've lost everything she wants. You have no idea. Uh, Jimmy looks positive, positively shell-shocked and they leave. Maybe he's created a monster. And then there's a car that is quite clearly tailing them as they as they leave. Who that is, we'll talk about that in a minute. But um, yeah, it's 
it says here obviously maybe he's created a monster um well i don't think you can label kim as a monster at this point she's not like you know season five walter white kind of thing but no or, or um heisenberg but yeah it's interesting because the phrase that people have come up with you know slipping it's more slipping jimmy than slipping soul isn't it slipping jimmy has been yeah. been the phrase um she's kind of becoming slipping kim if we want to use uh, that phrase but uh yeah and you can kind of see a bit from jimmy like his looks and because he doesn't really say much here it's more this is more kim's scene with betsy and with um uh, craig and you can see from even from the way that jimmy doesn't really intervene he kind of is like this says here shell-shocked and um it's interesting because when we got to the end of season five and uh I think because they're, they're talking about their plans with Howard and stuff and Jimmy's trying to push back against it and she's like going for it a bit more and then she does the turn round double gun thing with with her hands and you even see from then like because that was I think sort of like the last moments of the of the season uh, at least for their scenes and you can see Jimmy from there he's like okay this is like different and I'm not sure what to do here so this is that just kind of continued and I'm I'm fascinated to see both how that continues with Kim and what Jimmy does about it because you've both got their individual character development obviously you've got Jimmy turning into Soul which is the name of the podcast uh and then you've got Kim who's turning into what whatever she's doing now um and I'm very curious to see you know their back and forth when 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 Jim when Jimmy does his slipping Jimmy slash Soul stuff and when Kim does this how the other person is going to respond to it so uh, it's it's going to be fascinating to see how that works out. But uh, what do you make of this scene? Um, yeah, th- this again was sort of interesting because we've seen the, uh, the you know the the end of the last season that Jimmy was starting to be getting a little concerned about mm-hmm. what he has created in Kim, and that does make me wonder where you're going to end up going with this and maybe that's part of why Kim isn't around later on that you know that whether she maybe takes the fall for all the stuff they're trying to do with Howard possibly because um, arguably this was more her idea than Jimmy's so you know whether that ends up being the thing that gets that means that she's not around in Breaking Bad possibly um, but the way that she goes after the Kettlemans is is ruthless. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, they, they obviously have talked about sort of carrot and stick and, you know, Jimmy's kind of... She does say to because he takes... And as they're leaving, despite the fact that they've got them, he still gives them the money, you know. Um, mm. And, yeah, the whole the whole thing is... is it's it's a really interesting direction they're going with Kim's character um, because she is absolutely t- determined to follow this through and get Howard. And it's Jimmy that's kind of holding back on it, but doesn't want to stop Kim either. Um, or, or but but not not because he thinks it's the right she's doing the right thing, but I think he just doesn't want to get in the way. Um, so yeah, I I I find this this whole thing really interesting, and whether this is going to be end up being King Kim's downfall, possibly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So 
Yeah, it's it's but yeah, th- these were great scenes as well. The the fact that you know they've got them again. Kim's plan right from the beginning was to stitch these people up once again, and she knew that Jimmy was going to hate this idea, but he still went along with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, who do you think is in the car? I rather suspect that it may be Lalo is in the car. Okay. Um, he has met Jimmy before and, and that, hasn't he? Because obviously they did the whole... He, he got him bailed out, didn't he? Yeah. I, so I, I wonder if it's either Lalo in the car or it's um, Mike, maybe? I mean, that's the two possibilities. It's either somebody... It's either Lalo that's, that's you know, trying to find an opportunity to talk to Jimmy or it's, Jim, or, or it's Mike or one of those guys following Jimmy, assuming that Lalo will contact him at some point. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it could be, could be Lalo, obviously, given what's going on. Maybe he might be stepping back towards that. Um, I'm not really sure who else it could particularly be. Um, do you think it's it, definitely, do you think it's definitely a man? Uh, well, I mean, I, I don't know. It, I, it's either, I, my, my suspicion is it's one or the other. It's either Mike or somebody from that side keeping tabs on Jimmy just in case Lalo shows up. Or it's it's Lalo himself waiting for an opportunity to, to go and reveal to Jimmy that he is alive and, you know, because, uh-huh. uh, and, and, you know, he's, he's kind of uh, there and he's back and, you know, wants his money or whatever. Mm. Yeah, yeah, we shall, we shall see. Uh, anyway, it's the end of both of the episodes. Uh, it's very good to go through all of that. Uh, let's move on to some feedback, some emails and whatnot. If you would like to write into the show, let us know what you think of the episodes or anything about that we said or anything like that. Just your general feedback and whatnot. Uh, Matthew at EntertainmentTalk.org, Twitter eTalkUK is a contact page and information in your show notes. You can also use the big email box, which is on the website version, which a lot of you use. All the clickable email names are plenty of different ways to get involved. Harrison says, I was spending uh, some time getting caught up uh, with uh, Better Call Saul during your Walking Dead coverage. Uh, So I guess you're watching both at the same time. Uh, It's great to be here with you both and look forward to the next six weeks. Uh, I saw Matt's tweet about the episode and knew it was going to be... um, a great podcast. I'll read that tweet out in a second if I can if I can find it. Um, I don't have a question or anything right now, but I'm along um, for this hopefully wild ride. Um, yeah, I think we're probably in for for a bit of a a bit of a wild ride, I guess. Um, given it's the final season and and all that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, it's good that you were kind of like you know trying to catch up with with Walking Dead and Better Call Saul and stuff. Um, I don't obviously Harrison hasn't said where he's where he's from, so I don't know if you've used AMC Plus or you know just Netflix and Disney Plus to to do that. I, either of those two, or maybe from somewhere completely different. Um, see if I can find my own tweet about the episode because um, I usually don't tweet about stuff after I've seen them. I usually save everything for the uh, for the podcast. <laughs> yeah, but. Uh, uh, let's see if I can find it. Um, I said basically something about like, you know, I don't usually let the cat out of the bag, but wow, what a start! And um, I remember tweet. I remember in the tweet I said something about, uh, what was it? I didn't need time to like settle back in to the to the episode, mm-hmm. which obviously I pointed out here. So I can't find the specific tweet. I've tweeted too many things since then. So. Um, but yeah, uh, but no, it should be a good ride. We got, well, five weeks now left, um, and we shall see 
how it all goes. But yeah, you don't always have to write in with a question if you've just got a general comment or something. So we shall see how it goes. Um, speaking of Walking Dead, uh, Beth writes in and says, I've been listening to your Walking Dead coverage and it's great to watch a show with you both that has actual stakes and not being blocked by spin-offs. <laughs> Uh, what episode did um, Bob have Bob have the heart attack in? Um, I don't know who knows that. Um, do you know which episode that might have been in? Because uh, show, no. shows don't necessarily film from episode one to the end. Sometimes they do things in different sequences. Um, uh, I, I don't know that we'll actually notice anything, though, because they'll probably just cut and then... No, I mean, they that... have said that, um, yeah, they they have said that they have cut it together, so you shouldn't be able to tell, like, I mean, it's literally mid-scene, so you shouldn't actually be able to tell, mm-hmm. like, before and after, uh, and I don't know whether they've revealed exactly when it actually happened, um so 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 bob was like mid dialogue and then it happened uh, well i mean don't know whether he was mid dialogue but he was certainly mid scene when it happened okay. I mean, so it, somebody else was... might have been talking in the scene yeah i mean it, it was mid scene when it actually happened and they went back and basically picked up exactly where they left off so uh, I mean, they, they'd been shooting stuff without him for the intervening sort of month while he was out. Right, so you can but, do the cartel stuff in that as well. Yeah, because, you know, there are, as we've seen, quite a bunch of scenes that don't have Bob in it. So they, they rejigged the schedule and shot a bunch of stuff without him. But hmm. um, I don't know exactly which episode it was, but they are claiming that you shouldn't be able to tell. So, Right, yeah. I, I wouldn't expect... Obviously, in the show's case, Jimmy, I wouldn't expect to see him suddenly, like, in pain and then it kind of cut. No, um, no, 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 so. no. I mean, they would have... Yeah, they they say it will be seamless. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, which I would do. Which, again, I'd expect for... Well, I'd expect any piece of media to do that, but with how good and professional this show is, um, obviously, I'd expect that as well. Because there's a, there's a difference between... I, I remember there was... Because, obviously, we're talking about, like, editing quality... Um, and although I haven't watched Riverdale since what season three, I remember somebody posted. This kind of just reminded me of this. I remember somebody posted a scene on Twitter. I think it was from two seasons ago in Riverdale. Who, who knows when it was from? Um, it was from a couple of seasons ago in Riverdale, and one of the characters was doing the dance thing or whatever. And the camera was panning around. The, I think it was Veronica. The camera was panning around Veronica. She was doing a cheerleading dance or whatever she was doing. And as the camera's panning around the character. You can just see on the left corner the other cameraman, um, which isn't the way it was filmed. You could tell was that wasn't supposed to happen because you're not <laughs> supposed to have your own cameraman um, yes. on or, on the screen. Uh, and then I think the cameraman really quickly steps back. But a better show would like cut that out and be like, no, we've got to do that again. You're not supposed to see the cameraman, you know, in in, in this world because that doesn't make any sense. Um, it's a bit like with. Um, what is it servant uh there's a few times in servant this season when there's been because obviously like most of it is shot in this in this house um and there's some certain there was a couple of scenes in season three with a with a mirror and uh obviously because it's a bit of a a thriller you know mysterious like horror show and stuff people have got their theories about what is and isn't happening and all that sort of thing and there was a scene where uh julian who is um 
uh, what's the guy's name from Harry Potter? Rupert Grint. It was uh, he, yeah. he was standing right next to a mirror. Dorothy was standing next to him. She was slightly more out of the way of the mirror. And some fans were kind of asking and stuff like, why can't we see... You know, there's a whole bunch of speculation that started. They say, you know, why can't we see Julian in the mirror? Is he not real? <laughs> Whatever. And then somebody pointed out that when you're doing a camera shot like that, it's very difficult to do that and not have, you know, the reflection of the cameraman in in the mirror, uh, which is a, a different kind of example. But um, but obviously fans were kind of wondering, like, hey, has Julian been real this whole time? Um, so, Yeah. But uh, obviously the Riverdale example is the worst, where that's simply just... Because they didn't edit it out of the episode. They, they kept it in, from what I understand. Um, <laughs> like a shot... Like Imagine you're watching... Because you wouldn't expect that. Like Imagine we're watching next week's Better Cold Soul, and the camera's panning around Jimmy, and like somewhere on the right corner or left corner, you just see a cameraman standing there. You, d- you just wouldn't expect to see that, would you? No, so, no, no. <laughs> yeah. But uh, anyway, that's that's that one. Um, but yeah, in terms of, uh, it, it is nice to cover a show where you're not like, hey, these four characters can't die because spin-offs. Um, I, I mean, we know, for more plot reasons, we know that, okay, Gus, Mike, Jimmy, Howard, and maybe a few other characters won't die. Uh, actually, it's Howard, Howard's on the death table, isn't he? Um, I can't remember think... specifically with Howard, but m- most so... of our... Most of our main characters, like you're not going to see Gus die, you're not going to see Mike or Jimmy die, but those are because it's a prequel and there's plot reasons because they obviously have to survive through to Breaking Bad. Whereas you still do have the tension stuff, like you know they've not announced like a a Nacho sequel show or something where you're like, oh well he can't die now, uh, or or a Kim spin-off show or something. Um, whereas obviously with Walking Dead, I'm not going to say obviously the characters specifically, but they've they've done that so. Yeah, that that's the difference where you have this shooting scene with Nacho and you're like, oh, he could die here. He, a little bit less likely, it's a bit early in the season, like you said, but he could die here. Whereas those four characters in The Walking Dead who have had guns and stuff pointed at them, you're like, nah, there's no problem here, really. Mm-hmm. So it is good to do that. And obviously I've reviewed lots of different shows and stuff that have proper stakes and tension. And as much as we love The Walking Dead, not that that's a show-specific problem, that was more of an AMC problem because they announced the shows too early. Um, it is good. So, uh, what do you what do you think of that, David? Actual having stakes. Yeah, I, I mean, there are the the difference between the two shows is The Walking Dead. There are a bunch of characters, and it's always been like, oh, anybody can die, and it was a stupid mistake by the network that gave plot armor to a bunch of characters that didn't really necessarily need to have it because of spin-offs. You know, if they'd announced the spin-offs after the main show had finished you'd be like, okay, fine, that makes sense. But now we know those characters can't die. Whereas with this, you went into the show knowing there are certain characters that have to survive to the end. So you're going in with very different expectations with a show like this. And Mm -hmm. there are a number of characters, you know, as we've said, like Nacho um, and, uh, yeah, how, how it actually is as far as we know, could go either way. Although I suspect he'll probably live, but I mean, he could go either way. Mm-hmm. Um, but you've got those characters that we know aren't there later. So it becomes a bit of a mystery of like what happens to Nacho, what happens to Kim. Um, th- th- there are certain characters in there that you do have a mystery about, but there is a characters in there that we know have to survive. And it's more about the journey of how do they get from where they are at the start to where they are in Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, so the two different things. Yeah, yeah, uh, and obviously you have got different examples like obviously 
you know, Better Call Saul's got the prequel plot armor for certain characters, but what you should have is a Game of Thrones situation where you go in and, like, everybody is off the table because uh, you're ending the show. So, uh, anyway, uh, that's what we've got for you this week's episode. We'll be back for episode three um, next week and see how that all goes. Uh, in the meantime, you can find everything else that we do on entertainmenttalk.org, uh, TV, games, films, uh, and Main Night Podcast, so take a look out for all of those. If you like what you've heard, hopefully you did. If you didn't, let us know why. But if you like what you've heard today and you want to hear more and you want to support more of what we're doing, you can either check out all the other podcasts on entertainmenttalk.org or podcast platforms Entertainment Talk. You can also support us by telling other people about what we're doing and where they can find it, either by just telling them or using social media. You can also use Patreon, uh, $1, $3 level tiers for the ad-free podcast review options. Take a look at that as well if you'd like to. Um... For your TV and your film news, you can find David's website of uh, geektown.co.uk, Geektown Radio. Those post on Tuesdays. Uh, David, what is happening over there at the moment? Uh, well, there is lots and lots of news, of course, going up on the main website. We've just put all the premieres coming up on Disney Plus UK for May on a uh, main post on the website. And there's lots of good things from, of course, it's Star Wars Day next month. So there's Obi-Wan coming. Uh, there's got a couple of other Star Wars things. There's premieres for How I Met Your Father in the UK. There's that wonderfully bonkers looking Chippendale Rescue Rangers movie and a whole bunch of other stuff up there. So uh, we've also got a lot of renewals and cancellations coming up as well uh, geek town radio this week you were back on so mm-hmm. we uh, you did a review of um the lego star wars um the skywalker saga which you talked a little bit about that uh i went through and reviewed the doctor who episode also talked about the gerald carmichael rothaniel stand-up comedy special which is a quite incredible piece of work and uh we also did a big rundown of a, what we call the sort of pre-TV bloodbath um, map of where shows are sitting in terms of being safe or on the bubble or potentially cancelled. So we covered that in this week's episode as well, of just a run-through of all the main five network TV shows and where they're sitting and whether they're likely to come back or not. So that's all on Geek Town Radio, episode 339 this week. You can find that on geektown.co.uk and on all your favourite podcast platforms as well. Cool. Nice to go and check out all of that to find out if your favourite show is going to come back. Hopefully it is. Um, so we'll see. Uh, but geektown.co.uk, Geektown Radio, Tuesdays are those episodes. If you want to follow other people involved with everything else, uh, Bex is streaming regularly over on Twitch. Uh, you can find her by searching for Trista, B-Y-T-E-S. Also, if you want to see some photos she's posting of a convention that she's been at, uh, you can just, just search for Trista, B-Y-T-E-S, across Instagram, Twitter, and Twitch, and uh, YouTube as well if you want to do that. Uh, I recommend that you do. Uh, she's got some great content and stuff, so go and check out what she's doing there. If you want to follow me on uh, Twitch, you can do that by searching for eTalkUK over on Twitch. And if you want to find the archive streams and the game clips and stuff, um, I've had, I had more game clips to put up than what I actually thought. I went through and looked on my PlayStation yesterday and there was loads of them. Um, I am actually having a bit of trouble putting them on YouTube at the moment. It's a PlayStation issue. But uh, anyway, there's a bunch of them over there. You can find all of them over on YouTube, which is Entertainment Talk Plays. Thanks very much for listening and we'll catch you next episode or next time. Goodbye. Bye.